You're listening to Unveiling the Magic Podcast, where newcomers and seasoned Potterheads are all welcome. Hello and welcome back to Unveiling the Magic. My name is Laura. I'm Joni. And I'm Priscilla. And in this episode, Harry finds out a huge secret about mm. Mr. Sirius Black. Mm. Harry also receives an anonymous gift. We're talking about chapters 10 and 11 of Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh my gosh. Such great mm. chapters. I'm so excited to chat about them. Very good chapters. Yeah. Yes, uh, like last time, a lot of achievement unlocks for Priscilla. I know. Yeah, this is such a big book. Like, big, lots of... It is. I feel like a lot of of things things were pulled from book three already. Things like sayings and things like that. A lot of um, callbacks. Yeah. So how are we doing? Good. Good. I worked for like six days straight. And oh my God. yeah, I was off today. It seemed like you were working a lot, and then I'm back to work tomorrow. So that's why I was like, we can mm. we can record on Thursday because that is literally my only free day. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh. laughs> um, yeah, that's why I was like, well, let me make sure that it's still good. Yeah, no, but um, I wanted to get Phil's birthday off at the end of the month. So in order to do that, I had to sell my soul and work extra <laughs> for people to, to actually Delta. pick it up. Well, I had to sell it to other flight attendants that were off that weekend because it's Halloween weekend as well. His birthday is mm-hmm. on the 30th. Oh, yeah. And flight attendants seem to really love having Halloween off because they did not want to give it up. I had to find maybe like the 10th person I asked and then I had to pick up extra days from them. And anyways, I'm off on his birthday. So yay, I did it. But, you know, it's been crazy. Well, that's pretty much it. Honestly, since last week, I've just been working. Yeah. Anything new at the house? I know it's it's sold. It so, is. I guess. Inspector came. I guess that's um, it. Appraisal, appraiser came yesterday. And now we're waiting for that. And then hopefully if all goes well, we're still on the road for November closing. Wow. So fast. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, it can't come That's fast awesome. enough though. Yesterday on my way home from work, um, I had left my car at my parents' house. So I got picked up, went to my parents, got in my car to come home. I landed at 6.45. I didn't get home until 9.45 because on the interstate, there was a car on fire. Oh, and oh gosh. It caused like an almost two hour delay. Yeah. Traffic. Yeah. Which, you know, it sucks. I hope everyone was okay. I don't know how all that turned out, but I was like, if we didn't freaking live so freaking far away, I wouldn't have to worry <laughs> if I just lived 10 minutes from the airport. Right? I was like, cannot yeah. wait to not live all the way in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. 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 Cause I used so. to drive past there when I lived in Sarasota. And oh, yeah. State. When that, cause it's only, it's mainly I-75. Two yeah, it's mainly two lanes, most of it. So once it's like there's traffic, you're you're stuck there for a while. So they had closed one lane, so everyone was basically having to squeeze into the left lane. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, it was insane. Not fun. Mm. But yeah, that's me. How are you guys? I'm good. How are you, Baloney? Um, I honest, I don't know what to report. 
<laughs> it's fall here. Like it actually Yay. feels like fall. I don't know how it is in North I'm Carolina. I know in Florida. No, no there's nothing. Not <laughs> quite. But the leaves are changing. Roxas has um, discovered that leaves change colors. And when we go on our walk, he like stops and like points at the yellow trees. And he's just like, do, do, do you see that? Like it's Aww. yellow. So that's, that's been cute. fun. But that's mainly been us. Just lots of walks and playing on playgrounds and, and toddler um, land life roxas threw his truck off the side of oh a pathway yeah like he threw it off the little course of the the walking trail and it was on a hill and it was like a really steep hill to where like it got stuck on a plant or something and there was no way that i can get it it was just me and him and there was no way I can get it without, like, me having to leave him and, like, keep, like, put him basically in danger. So I'm like, well, I'm not getting that. And we had to go back the next day with Kurt um, so that we could get the truck because I felt so bad for littering. Oh, my gosh. That's... You felt bad? Yeah, I tried for 30 minutes to figure out a way to get that truck. Turns out I have horrible aim. Even I tried throwing rocks at it. Yeah, I didn't hit it at all, and it wasn't that far away, but it was just far away enough. Was it still there when you guys went back? Yeah, it it was a a trail on base, so, like, not a lot of people go on it. Um, People just go on it to run, too, so, like, you're not going to notice this little truck stuck in a plant. On the side, yeah. Yeah. So. (laughs) That's funny. When Joni was sharing the story with me, it was hilarious, and I was just laughing, and my mom was like... Oh, it's okay, Roxas. Yeah, he had a nice In the fit. chat. And I was like, oh, am I being mean? Because I'm like <laughs> laughing about <laughs> my My immediate reaction, like when I turn around, he throws it. I'm like, I'm not getting that. Like, I'm not even going to try. But then I tried for 30 minutes and <laughs> failed. Oh. So. oh God. What about you, sissy? Okay. Well, I've been uh, doing podcast stuff, editing, and I started and finished a whole season of a show <laughs> since the last time Ooh, we talked. A new show? Yeah. What? Yes. What show? show? I watched Squid Game. Oh. <laughs> oh. You know what's funny? Phil and I uh, had some time because we didn't stream today. Um, we just kind of spent time together and we were going to watch a show and that show came up as suggested. It was like number one in the US. Um, yeah. But it just seemed really intense to, to watch over dinner. So we did it. Yes. We watched something it, like more it's, mindless. It's intense to watch over there for sure because that's how I was watching it, the first episode. And is it good? I was like, okay. <laughs> the story is really good. I like the story a lot. There was just points where it was just shocking is all I'll say. Okay. I, mean, I know. The, I know did you watch it alone parts. or with David? Um, we, I watched it with David, but David ended up finishing it like – we like watched a few episodes and then we binged it the other night and then I just finished the last few episodes because I fell asleep and he finished the rest mm. of the season. So I just finished it earlier today like on my lunch break. Mm. So maybe that's the reason why I didn't like go through my notes. <laughs> there it is. That's why. That's why. But it was good. You should watch it. I'm definitely – I would like – your thoughts yeah i've seen like tiktoks about it and um 
like memes about it yeah well yeah i've seen memes about it yeah so yeah i've seen a lot of the honeycomb thing so i know that part um and some like big girl statue i Mm -hmm. don't know that i only know the honeycomb thing i don't know the honeycomb and really but the um, maybe maybe I've seen it, but um, the girl statue, I saw a meme about it. I'm like, what the heck does this mean? I don't even know what this means. I didn't even know it was related to a show. I thought it was just something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But then in the preview of the show today, when we mm-hmm. it showed that as part of one of the games. And I was like, oh, that's the girl I saw in the meme. It's from this show. Yeah. Yeah. I also made a prediction. I was like, Halloween is coming up. And this show is like the number one show right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. So... Everyone is either going to be like a player, I'm guessing, because it's both of these are really easy to do. Um, You can either be a player, most likely, or one of the, what do they call them? Like soldiers, the guys that are in charge of the game. Mm. With the pink suits. Yes, the pink suits. Because that would be so easy. Just like a pink suit, a mask with some kind of shape on it. Yeah. Interesting. So if you're if you if you want a Halloween costume, Squid Game. <laughs> okay. Do you want to start? Yep. Start. Now that we've talked. The summary. Summary. Oh. Where oh did wait. We leave oh yeah. Off? Why do yeah. we? Give Where did we leave? Forgetting me. I skipped Joni. And I had it in. <laughs> I did it yeah, today. Yeah, she did that for the new list. You did. You did. You did. You did. Wow. Where did we leave off, Joni? We left off with Harry once again faints in the presence of Dementors, this time in the middle of a Quidditch match, costing him the game, as well as his beloved broom. Oh. Apparently I didn't Sad type times. I know. I was like, it's beloved. I was wondering if, <laughs> yeah. I wonder, I was like, oh, did mine just not like refresh or something? No, I, I was having, I don't know what. When I was trying to um, paste my notes back in, I had, it was after I did my the little summary, and it was I was struggling. <laughs> Let's see how my summary goes. Let's do okay. it. So Harry stayed in the hospital wing, probably in his regular bed. <laughs> He's a regular. Know, his there. own little plaque that says Harry Potter lays here um, for the rest of the weekend. With the shattered remains of his Nimbus. Mm. He just couldn't part with it yet. And I was like, sad faced. Yes. R.I.P. Silence for the uh, broom. He should ask somebody to turn it into ashes and he'll just have it in an urn. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) But he literally explained it as like. He's a wizard. Yeah. He he... can probably do it himself. Or Hermione. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Timo scared me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Big furry ball just jumps. There he is. Bye, Timo. Oh. Is Bye, he going Timo. In he's just. Window? He's, yeah, he's going to watch our neighbors. See what our neighbors are watching on TV. Okay. So Harry did have a couple visitors um, while he was in the hospital wing, including our guy Hagrid and. Miss Jenny. Jenny. Who brought him a wow. card. She was blushing when she dropped it off, too. She's um, brave, though. Card. I know. She's a Gryffindor. She is a Gryffindor. She is, she is after all. A very cool Gryffindor. 
it's the card sang, and he had to put like a flower vase over it to get it to stop singing. <laughs> um, but something that ca- that Harry was kept, but something that Harry kept quiet about, even with Ron and Hermione, was the grim sighting in the Quidditch pitch. Harry was getting worried that the next sighting would definitely be fatal to him, because the first time he almost got run over by the night bus, and then the second time he almost pummeled to his death. Mm. So he now thinks that he's just going to like live the rest of his life, however long that is, avoiding the Grimm. The Dementors were still a big problem too. He was the only one affected by them like uh, he was the only one affected by them like he was. And now he knew he had heard his parents dying. I don't know if we talked about it last episode. No, I made a prediction and then I was like, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> so yes. it's his, his parents dying. Yes. So he the the woman screaming, um, he it's found out the past, is his mom. not the future. Yes. But I do I do like your theory. I don't think I ever thought about that it could have been like a premonition instead. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But that's that's interesting. Yeah. The sound and words of his mother kept him up at night while lying in the hospital wing. Back at school on Monday, it was a relief for Harry because it got his mind off of those things. He could even handle Malfoy's imitation of a Dementor in potions class. It's Malfoy. Um, But I also like this little part where Ron threw a crocodile heart like smack middle of Malfoy's face. Um, And I just love Ron. He's the best. Again, he is. Doesn't get enough credit, Ron. No, he doesn't. When the trio walked to Defense Against Dark Arts, they were praying that Lupin would finally be back. They couldn't take another class with Snape. Hermione checks in, like she peeks through the door, and he is. He's He's back. back. Our favorite professor. Yes. So I was wondering, like, how are you feeling about Lupin? Like, he seems to be a, yeah, a good guy. Yeah. Uh, Lupin was back, but he really looked as if he had been very ill. The class complained about Snape and his essay, and to everyone's relief, except Hermione's, um, Lupin told everyone they didn't have to do it, and he would talk to Snape. And Hermione had already finished it, so... Oh my gosh. <laughs> she just knows a lot about were- werewolves right now. How long was the... He asked them to do, like, ten yeah, pages or something was- like that? It's not in pages. What do they call it? I thought it was like roll uh, rolls of parchment. Yeah. Two. I thought it was two. Oh, two rolls of parchment, which just sounds like a lot because it's rolls of parchment. Yeah. Like how much yeah. is a roll of parchment? Yeah. Like how big is it? I don't. I think of a roll like if yeah, I'm holding like, it here, it's like to the ground maybe. <laughs> oh wow. Is that too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That seems <laughs> like very long. <laughs> But, I mean, it's Snape, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Because so like, it says, two rolls of parchment. So, I I don't know if we've come across it yet, or we just didn't, like... I feel like I remember reading in the past that, like, it was, like, a measurement of the roll. It was, like, 12 inches. I think so. Because like I think Ron was, in one of the books, Ron was measuring his yeah. um, writing. Because that makes more sense, because how are you supposed to measure a roll? I mean, uh, there's probably a standard size, but I don't know. I don't know either. Speaking of rolls, 
So I went, I came home from work and I went to use the bathroom and looking at the roll of toilet paper, I was Uh like, oh, that kind of looks funny. Like it looked like there was something dark, like shadow of it on it. So I was like, is it wet? Like is the toilet paper wet or something? And then I like, I met, I like, I touched it and I'm like, oh no, it just must be the light because it, it looks fine. So I unroll it because I'm, I'm still on the toilet. I unroll it. I'm defenseless. So I unroll it and then this black spider just freaking like is just there by my hand. And I'm on the, and I screamed. Um, it was a very high pitched scream and it scared me. Did you get so it? I got it. I sprayed it with like I sprayed it with like some spray. I just From found the a spray toilet? and I just sprayed it. On the No <laughs> You don't need a visual of me, but <laughs> But uh the spray yeah, I sprayed the toilet paper. And then I was just like, Okay, now my toilet now paper the is toilet wet. <laughs> Oh my god, oh, that's funny. Yes, cringe. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, that happened today. The only thing that would have made that worse if it was if it was a cockroach, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Because the spider just did nothing until it died. Yeah. Um, the roach would have jumped on me. And, like, <laughs> or <you know>. flown. <laughs> oh gosh. Pussy would not be here today if it was. You were gotten a text. We cannot record tonight. <laughs> It's not happening. It would be from David. Laura is inconsolable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Where did I leave off? Hermione did the essay. Got it. So after an enjoyable lesson on hinky punks, which are creatures that lure travelers into bogs, Lupin wanted a word with Harry. Lupin heard about what happened at the Quidditch match and asked about Harry's broomstick. Harry told him that the Whomping Willow got to it, so it was done for. We find out that the Whomping Willow was actually planted the same year Lupin started at Hogwarts as a student, and students would try and get close enough to touch the trunk. A kid nearly lost his eye, so they were then forbidden to go near the tree. Harry asked if Lupin heard about the Dementors, and Lupin said, or Lupin had, and Harry asked him, Why? Why do they affect me like that? Am I just, and Lupin says, it has nothing to do with weakness, because that is what Harry has been worried about this whole time. Lupin explains that others haven't endured the same horrors that Harry has. He's mm. going, he goes on to explain that Dementors are the foulest creatures, and they can suck every happy memory from you. If you're around them long enough, they can leave you soulless and evil. You're left with the worst experiences of your life. So no wonder Harry fell off his broom after feeling some of that. Mm-hmm. Harry actually admits to Lupin that he could hear Voldemort killing his mom. And Lupin doesn't really respond to that, but for a second, it seemed like he wanted to put his hand on Harry's shoulder, but thought, thought he shouldn't. So, what does that mean? Hmm. Wait, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even give that two thoughts, and now I'm giving it two thoughts. <laughs> yeah, like, what's his hesitation? Because, I mean, because he's a student. I don't know. He didn't want to make things weird. That's what I thought. Yeah. 
Yeah. They talk about how it's a wonder how Sirius Black could have escaped the fortress. Harry reminds Lupin that he was able to fight off a Dementor back in the train to save Harry. And Lupin says, yes, there are defenses you can use, but that was just one Dementor. It's harder when there's more. Like at the Quidditch pitch during the game, there was, it said there was hundreds of them. Yeah. Harry asked Lupin to teach him, and after some consideration, Lupin agreed. But it would have to wait till next term after the holidays. See, what a good professor. He's going to help him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harry was feeling better about all these things by the end of November. Of November, They had lessons with Lupin coming. Oh, he had lessons with Lupin coming up in a couple months. And if we care about Quidditch... Ravenclaw beat Hufflepuff. So, GG we care about that. Yeah, yeah. We care about that because that keeps Gryffindor in the running for the cup. This is true. As for the holidays, both Ron and Hermione are staying at Hogwarts with Harry. And Mm. he was like, Harry was super grateful for that. Yeah, because I think Um, they acted like it was for other reasons. Like, yeah, nonchalant. But Harry knew. Harry knew. They were being good friends. Um, I also said that it doesn't seem like a life-threatening year, so it's good that they want to stay. Yeah. Last year was kind of like, well, I guess they were working on the polyjuice potion, but there's still. nothing going on right now, at least that you know, like this time yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. The last weekend of term was another Hogsmeade weekend, and Hermione was excited to get some Christmas shopping done. Harry decided he would read about some different broom makes. Since he lost his Nimbus, he had to be, he had to use the school's, he described it as ancient, and it was a shooting star broom, which was very slow. He needed, and he really needed one of his own. So I'm guessing he would just like order one and then buy it, or maybe give money to like, Ron and Hermione and have them buy it. I don't know. I always wondered how he would. Oh, I guess, yeah. I think mail order is like a thing there. Post order. Yeah. Parcel. 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 After. (laughs) I say parcel. I say package. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, what would Harry say? After Harry said goodbye to Hermione and Ron, Fred and George stop him on the third floor quarter. They were peering behind a humpback, one-eyed witch statue. The twins tell Harry that they're giving him a little festive cheer before they go to Hogsmeade. They walk into an empty classroom and hand Harry a blank, very worn piece of parchment. Quote, early Christmas present for you, Harry, said George. Mm -hmm. And Harry's like, thanks. (laughs) Thinking that this is definitely one of his jokes because it's just an old-looking parchment. But they explain this is the secret to their success, and it's kind of hard for them to give up. But Harry seems to be in need of it more than they. Harry is confused. He doesn't know why he would need a piece of blank paper. The twins explain that they got this in their first year of Hogwarts. They were in trouble with Filch, and while sitting in his office, they saw a drawer labeled confiscated and highly dangerous, which... Of, of course, course, you're gonna want to look <laughs> in there, especially Fred and this George. This is like, this is like the um, that the mail that Filch got last book. If you're sitting in his office, are you gonna go through the drawer? 
This is not mail this time, Joni. I'd go through the drawer. That one. You would? Yeah. Confiscated and highly dangerous. Oh, my gosh. Um, I feel like yeah. if, if I'd probably, I knew. I'd definitely peek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like if I knew Filch wasn't there, I would. Like if he was somewhere else. Yeah. If I knew I had like a moment of time where I can just kind of snoop into that a little bit, sure. Because it's not yeah. Filch's stuff. It's things that Filch took from students. Yeah. That's true. I just don't know if a blank peach of parchment would, like, entice me enough to take it. I always, like, I thought of it as, because they they explained that, like, somebody did the distraction and then, like, the other person just kind of grabbed something. So I feel like it was, like, a quick grab and be like. Yeah, it wasn't even, like, a think. It was just, yeah. Okay. I imagine, like, them, like, scolding each other, being like, why did, of all the things, you grabbed this? Like, what? Yeah. And then, like, forever (laughs) taking, like. I don't know, somehow cracking the code on it eventually. Yeah. So, yeah. They had to look in the drawer. They distracted Filch with a dung bomb and grabbed this parchment. George tapped the paper and said, quote, I solemnly swear I am up to no good. Mm. Yay! Mm. Priscilla got to this part. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I have questions here. How did they know that that's what they had to say? And, like, who made this up? Like, how, you know, how how did they figure this out? I don't know. They don't explain it. Like Joni said, like, they must have been... I wonder how long it took them to crack the code. Yeah. Like, I I imagine them just, like, staring at it, doing, like, a bunch of spells at it, just, like, just saying random things to it, and then... I don't know, coincidentally figuring it out, maybe. Yeah. And, like, later in the chapter, they talk about a certain two students we'll talk about later, um, that Fred and George gives them, Haggard said Fred and George would give them a run for their money. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing, like, because Fred and George maybe has the same, like, mischievous ways about them, that's, that's how they eventually figured it out. I don't know. Yeah. They're similar. Interesting. Yeah, Amanda had the same question. Looks like we yes. all do. Because that is quite, it's not like an easy quote, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. open sesame. <laughs> is it an open sesame? Sesame open? I think so. No, open sesame. Open sesame. <laughs> <laughs> sesame open. <laughs> oh. Hi, Sky. Hi, Sky. With the Bella emotes. Yeah, my baby. Uh, What point do you just use it as a blank piece of parchment? (laughs) I wonder. At what point do you like. I I feel like you could write on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe like doesn't let you write on it because it's just so. Like if if it's like um, like the the, um, diary. There we go. Like similar (laughs) to the diary. Where like if you write on it, it like does like. Probably like a generic Seeps answer. In. Yeah. So then yeah. it maybe maybe they just wrote on it and like it led them to figuring it out. Oh, like maybe, yeah. Like maybe oh, they wrote is- on it and there's like a riddle or something that pops mm-hmm. up and they have to figure that out. But Harry didn't have to go through it because he doesn't. He they gave yeah, they just he got gave told. the answer. Mm. So a riddle like that, that made them figure out the phrase to open. Yeah. yeah, I solemnly swear that I am that I am up to no good. I also really like that phrase because it just fits Fred and George so perfectly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like that. I think hmm. we'll go yeah, with because that. like the map even tells Harry how to go, like how to mm-hmm. enter the the um secret the passageway, way mm-hmm. like that knows the um and knows how it tells you how to do it. So I would assume that the map will tell eventually try and tell you how to access it because that's yeah. like its main purpose. Yeah. Yeah. True, true, true. I like it. Um, so across the top of the map, or we don't know it's a map. <laughs> Oops. Good thing Priscilla read. <laughs> across the top of the parchment, green words proclaimed, Messrs. Mooney, Warmtail, Padfoot, and Prongs, purveyors of aids to magical mischief makers, are proud to present the Marauder's Map. Wow. Mm. The Marauder's Yay. Map. Which... Did you know about, the, like, did you hear about the map or no. remember it from the I had anything? zero, yeah. Like, okay. Like, zero knowledge of this map. Okay. I wasn't sure because the map is a very popular thing. Is it? In the magical okay. world. Yeah. And with our logo, our podcast logo, <gasps> I talked about it with um, Katie and Megan who designed it. And I was just, like, kind of like a Marauder's Map, but not, obviously. And so... We went back and forth with that. Ooh, okay. I like it. I like it. Because at that point, we knew what we were close. Our closing quote was going to be. Mm-hmm. Got it. Which is coming up. Yes. Okay. So this was a map showing all of Hogwarts and its grounds. It showed everyone in the castle as well and where they were. Harry could see Dumbledore pacing his office. He also saw passages he had never seen before. Even some leading to Hogsmeade. The Mm. twins explained that there were seven passages into the castle. Filch knew about four of them. One was blocked, and another's entrance, the Whomping Willow, was planted over, so you couldn't get in. Could you imagine? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But Harry could use this one, Fred and George was explaining, to get into the Hogwarts, or not Hogwarts, Honeyduke Cellar which was the one-eyed witch hump right outside the classroom. Fred and George owed everything to this moony, wormtail, padfoot, and prongs. Before the twins left Harry, they showed him how to wipe the map. And I was like, here it is. (laughs) Just tap and say, mischief managed. And it will go blank. Yay! Y'all, if if you don't understand why this is such a big deal, (laughs) if you guys have heard any of our episodes, you know that our closing line is mischief managed, said by Laura. (laughs) And I had no idea what this meant until I read this chapter. (laughs) So it's taken me two and a half seasons to finally get there. Achievement Mm. unlocked. Yay! Woo. The map that offers no privacy to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Sissy, do you have For your real. phone? Yes. Just check it. Okay. <laughs> I know. What did I say? I'll I'll tell you later, but you said yeah. <laughs> oh crap. What? Nothing. Apparently I said I just, something I shouldn't have. I just Laura needed to make sure something. she had a reminder. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here's Kurt. I'm 
so His mad cameo. at this. <laughs> what is he doing? Our weekly Kirk cameo. He's I he's know. plugging in the monitor so that we can the actually baby monitor. see Roxas. Okay. Well, we get a weekly sighting of Kurt in the wild, and you get a weekly spoiler from Laura. <laughs> there you go. Don't comment if you caught on to what she messed up there. Also, anybody um, was it just recently? Was it just now? There is a little slip, but it, it. I don't think. Obviously, you didn't notice, but I did. No. <laughs> Dang it! Gosh. Imagine okay. school gossip you would have with that map oh my gosh so much oh i know you would know so much (gasps) i know there's a there's a fun little thing at the end of the movie because the end of the third movie um the credits the first part of the credits are like the map and in the background you see like these two feet and you can tell that they're like you know facing kissing (laughs) they're like kissing in a corner and you're just like ooh. (laughs) oh but imagine if like you know how like like all the shows they'll say like the teachers are like getting together and stuff like imagine if that was something that happened at hogwarts and you're just like going through your map and you're just like oh i know too much (laughs) so fred and george know a lot yeah they probably do yeah Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. They hold all to the be them. Of Hogwarts. To be them. So like every day at twelve o'clock these two go to the broom cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> oh Lord. Okay. Where was I? Mischief managed. Uh, yeah, I'm just worried that I I've done something in my notes. Okay. <laughs> no. Spoiler. No. It it was like you just said something and it was like it was okay. It's it was a slight, not a spoiler. It was a slight. <laughs> okay. So you just tap it, say mischief manage, and it will go blank. And you want to make sure you wipe it, or else anyone could read it. And this is probably the best gift ever. Like, I would love Honestly, I would too. <laughs> it's now powers. in the hands of Harry. Harry. Harry did. Uh, for a second, remind himself Arthur Weasley's words of not trusting something that can think for itself if you can't see where it keeps its brain. But just but... for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's too tempting. <laughs> I know. Uh, but, he, you know, you know, Harry, he likes to reason his way through things. Yeah. Um, I think he was like, I'm not going to use it to, you know, go off away from Hogwarts or anything. And he said, but if the twins have been using this for ages, what could possibly be bad about it? Hmm. So Harry knows his next destination, Hogsmeade. He goes to the statue, unsure what to do, but the map tells him what spell to use, and the hump opens wide. Harry slid through and landed on a passageway. He wipes the map and sets off. After what felt like over an hour, he got to a trap door. Harry peers into the Honeyduke cellar, and when the coast was clear, he entered the crowded Honeyduke store. No one would notice him here, because the store was bustling and crowded. Harry walks and finds Hermione and Ron picking something out for Harry. And they're like, oh, do you think he'll like this? Harry startles them by saying that he definitely would not like cockroach clusters that Ron was suggesting. What an entrance. (laughs) 
Yes. He's like, no, or not, or definitely not. Is the thing is what he said. Definitely not. No. Got to make it a little Um, dramatic. Cockroach clusters. You think they're actual cockroaches? Yeah. Yeah, I do. There are other creatures that could buy these things that you know it might be in their diet. What? That they would actually consider like a delicacy, the way that we like sweets. Yeah, and Uh. like there are humans who you know actually eat these bugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's the lollipops like, with the scorpions in them. That's true. But, oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, that's true. And I've heard like a chocolate-covered crickets. Don't spoil Christmas, Harry. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> I know they were, they were just, just trying, trying to get him nice. some gifts. Yeah. Um, they were shocked and impressed. Guess who was impressed? Wrong. <laughs> By Harry, and Harry tells them about the twins' gift. And Ron's like, WTF, what about me? I'm their brother. I'd be a little annoyed, too, if my best friend got it. Priscilla, if you got it, instead of Joni giving it to me. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine Joni gave me something? <laughs> You're like, what the None for you. And I'd be like, okay. None for you, Gretchen Wiener is for you. <laughs> but to be fair, Fred and George treat him like a brother and they are on the Quidditch team together so I feel like they have like a friend relationship too yeah yeah but it would I feel like it would supersede the brother (laughs) yeah they like Ron just gets neglected by his family and that's like a complex that he has (laughs) and then in comes his best friend and his best friend kind of outshines him in his own family yeah I know that's why, I, why, that's why I give Ron a little extra love. <laughs> Hermione tells Harry that he should turn it in. It could be helpful in figuring out <laughs> how Sirius Black got in. Harry does wonder if Black knows about any of the secret passageways, but says no, he won't be turning it in. No. Because yet again, Harry reasons in what his way out of this. He's like, well, if I turn it in, I'll have to tell him how I got it, and that means I have to rat out. You know, Fred and George. Good point. Mm, that's not cool. No one likes a snitch. Ron points to the notice on the sweet shop door. It was an order from the Ministry of Magic. It explained that Dementors were now patrolling Hogsmeade until Black was found. Sirius Black couldn't dare to come around and use the Honeyduke's passageway, even if he knew about it. There you Ron go. Ron is a teenage boy version of... Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Never the bride. Oh, that's so true. (laughs) Ron. You're a bride in my heart, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Are we ready? Ron was assured from the notice. Wait, you you already covered that. I guess, right? You just said that. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Did you? Did Laura I write to my part a little yeah, bit? But... <laughs> oh my bad! You're supposed to end. I at thought the notice. you said after. Yeah, end at the notice, and Priscilla starts <laughs> at the end after the notice. It's okay. okay. That's why I do quotes. <laughs> she does do quotes, so I always start <laughs> from her quotes. Yes, yes. My bad. My be. Well, Hermione still wasn't convinced, but alas, they all accepted the fact that Harry was already there, 
what are they going to do about it, you know? Mm-hmm. They finished up at Honey Dukes and they headed outside where Hogsmeade looked like a Christmas card. And oh my gosh, when I read that, like, I could just imagine how like, cute the it is. snow like on the village. And yes, I'm imagining Hogsmeade at Universal and yeah. it covered just the snow tops, how it looks, but also feeling cold. <laughs> yes, you can't feel that in Florida. <laughs> yes well with harry not having a cloak because he did not come prepared to be at hogsmeade like the others um and the blizzard outside they decided they would warm up with some butter beer at the three broomsticks here when they arrive we are introduced to madame rosemurda who was the owner bartender i didn't know so owner bartender okay both uh, Ron got the drinks and they made their way to the back of the room where they found an open table. The butterbeer instantly warmed Harry up and he was enjoying every little bit of it until things couldn't stay. This perfect, of course. Terry <laughs> and Harry. and Ron. Yeah. <laughs> the door opened and enter Professor McGonagall, Flitwick, followed by... Wait. Pro- I just made Professor McGonagall and Flitwick a full name. <laughs> Professor McGonagall and Professor Flitwick, followed by Hagrid and Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic. Ron and Hermione placed their hands on Harry's head and forced him under the table. Hermione whispered, Mobiliarbus. Yeah? Good. Yeah. And the small Christmas tree next to them moved to cover their table. Harry watched as the little feet moved towards the table and they all sat down. They ordered drinks some back-and-forth pleasantries with Madame Rosmerta, and they began discussing Sirius Black. Here's I like, where things got I like pleasantries. Juicy. It was. Like it was word. just pleasantries. Like, well, how are you doing? You know, and they were just back and forth. How did they not <laughs> notice the, tr- the tree just, you know, casually moving? Yes, I thought that too. That's what I thought about. <laughs> and it said it was a small tree. So was it, I don't know. I don't know. In the book, it says it was a small tree. So yeah. I'm like, what does small mean? You what know, is small is small just like a three foot tree, or is it like a? Yeah, like a, yeah. I was envisioning like a small tree that didn't cover an entire person, but you know. Yeah, maybe just hide their view a little bit. Just hide it enough to where they don't notice. I guess um, it was a full house, so yes. Also, and they yeah. were in the back so of the room. So it was like a full house and loud. I'm surprised that they could hear everything they were saying, but I guess they were still pretty close to them. Yeah. Apparently, Black was the last one they thought would ever go to the dark side. Remembering him as a boy at Hogwarts, you'd be crazy to say he had. Fudge mentions that Black murdering all those people wasn't even the worst of it. Quote from the book, do you remember who his best friend was at Hogwarts? He asked Rosmerta. Naturally, she says, apparently you never saw one without the other. Sirius Black and James Potter. What? Jaw-dropping moment. In this, I was like, what? (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I'm sure Ron and Hermione were probably like, oh, crap. Could you imagine Ron and Hermione like above the table? They're like, what? What? <laughs> what do we do with this? How did, also, how did like their teachers not notice that 
Harry's best friends were at the table next to them. Right, yeah. <laughs> and just decide to have this conversation. How did Hagrid not notice? Yeah, how did Hagrid yeah. not see Hermione and Ron? Like, he's also got, like, a foot, you know, like, what? A whole <laughs> so other person. bigger than everyone length, else. Yeah. Taller than everyone else. He's got better vantage. <laughs> Good point. Hagrid. <laughs> or maybe he did, and he was just like, let's just talk about it. He needs Let to know. Yeah. Here. His way of telling them. Yeah. So, Sirius Black and James Potter, besties. Besties. They were known to be very bright, but also very big troublemakers. Inseparable for sure. They stayed this way even after they left school. Black was the best man when James and Lily got married. My gosh, it's just... Dropping bombs. Yeah, they really are. (laughs) They're just coming. (laughs) And he got... The next one, he got named Godfather to Harry. Serious Harry's Godfather. Black is Harry's Godfather. Oh my gosh! What? What do we do with this events. information? <laughs> it's a lot of. Could Sirius like like go to the court and just like try and claim custody? Uh, well, obviously you can't because he's like a yeah convict. Yeah, but, how like, does that work? So he couldn't. If there is. No more parents. Does the godfather legally? It's up to the parents itself. Like the parents would have to put it in their will. Okay. Mm. And then I think after he committed the crime, it kind of like Like, was obvious that, yeah, we don't need to. He doesn't need to go there. (laughs) He's going to ask (laughs) Manzo. Yeah. Okay. So they continue discussing further, revealing so much. James and Lily knew that you know who was after them. Apparently, Dumbledore tipped them off when one of his spies, because Dumbledore had spies out there, and he told, wait, yeah, Dumbledore tipped them off, and Dumbledore told James and Lily to go into hiding. Mm. So that's what they did. He also advised them that the best way to hide from you know who was to use the Fidelius term. From the book, it says a very complex spell. It was the concealment of a secret inside a single living soul. The information is hidden inside the chosen person or secret keeper and is henceforth impossible to find unless, of course, the secret keeper chooses to divulge it. Mm -hmm. So Black was the Potter's secret keeper. James Potter was under the impression that Black would die before telling where they were. But this still worried Dumbledore. It's almost like Dumbledore knew something was up. He was like, are you yeah. sure? I think the book says, if I'm remembering correctly, Dumbledore even offered to be their secret keeper. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, and it says in the book that Dumbledore had a, had a feeling that somebody close to them was giving uh, information. Voldemort information. Inside like Voldemort information. Was, knew too much about them, I guess, and he was... Yeah. He figured it, there was a, a mole somewhere. Yeah. He was sure that someone... Oh, yes. What we oh, just sorry. said. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> I just realized. <laughs> Barely a week had passed and Black betrayed the Potters. So he was basically their secret keeper for a week and you know who found them. Mm. But once you know who was defeated, Black had no choice but to flee. Hearing this story made Hagrid angry and mentioned how he regretted comforting Black when he showed up to the Potter's house the night they were murdered. 
Hagrid was thinking, oh, this guy's really upset because his best friend was just murdered. So he looked, he came and he looked all white in the face, surprised. Mm-hmm. And Hagrid ends up comforting him. Apparently, Black asked Hagrid to hand Harry over because he was the godfather. But Hagrid had very strict orders from Dumbledore. So Black offered Hagrid his motorbike to get Harry to his aunt and uncles. And that's where the motorbike came from, my friends. And it's just interesting to go back to the first book where Mm -hmm. Hagrid comes in on a motorbike. Yeah, he even says Sirius' name. Mm -hmm. I have have it with me. That's why I pulled my Kindle out. I've been waiting. It literally says, (gasps) Dumbledore says, Hagrid, said Dumbledore, sounding relieved. At last, where did you get that motorcycle? Barred it, Professor Dumbledore, sir, said the giant climbing carefully off the motorcycle. As he spoke, young Sirius Black lent it to me. I've got him, sir. Oh my awesome. god! <laughs> wow, what a little egg! Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness! I love. I remember that. when I was doing my first reread after the third book. I read the first book, and I'm like, "What? Thank <laughs> you, but they're all along." Yeah, I was so shocked. And that was like, that was probably my first time realizing how much I was going to love J.K. Rowling's writing and why I enjoy rereading it. Because like it happened time and time again. I'd be like, oh my God, I missed this part. And it's right there. Wow. Now rereading makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, maybe one reread. I mean, you guys have done a few, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow that's that's really cool how their turns have tabled <laughs> okay so the next day it wasn't the ministry that found him it was peter pettigrew another friend to the potters he went after black himself after he heard of the betrayal but that didn't go well for him this is when professor mcgonagall chimes in about how peter pettigrew worshipped black and potter while at hogwarts but he was always hopeless at dueling, and Black blew him to smithereens. Smithereens. Yeah. Poor guy. Fudge recanted the day Black murdered all those people and how Black just stood there laughing with what was left of Pettigrew in front of him. That's when he was taken to Azkaban, and he had been there ever since until now. Mm -hmm. There were rumors that he was mad, but Fudge highly doubted it. The last time Fudge saw Black was during his last inspection of Azkaban. He was shocked at how normal he seemed. He seemed rather bored. So I guess the Dementors don't affect him the same way they affect others. Which is interesting. That is. And weird. I I can't really wrap my head around that because Dementors are supposed to bring up pretty much your worst. The worst. So are we saying like Sirius never had horrible things happen ever in his life? Right. It's weird. About Peter Pettigrew, do you get Neville vibes after this this section? Yes. And it actually, I think Harry thinks it, right? Maybe. I definitely got Neville vibes from him. Oh, can you imagine Neville going and standing up to someone (laughs) for Harry and Ron and Hermione? In the situation, it would be Ron if you... Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The professors, well, at this point, they wrapped it up because 
McGonagall was like, oh, you're going to be late to dinner with Dumbledore. Um, so they wrapped it up and they headed towards the castle. Ron and Hermione were at a loss for words, as was I in this moment. Mm-hmm. And they looked under the table at Harry. I wish, I mean, I'm sure this will be in the movie. And it's just, can you imagine being Harry in that moment? Or being Ron yeah. and Hermione. Like, you don't know what to say. You don't, like, you don't know what to do. You don't. As Harry, you I just... would want to be, like, I just would want to be alone, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just... then as Ron and Hermione, I'd be like, what do I say? What can I say? I, I'm really bad at saying things in yeah. moments like this. I think I'm bad, too. Yeah. We're not good I at feel like... each other. Well, I feel like conversation with both of you, you guys have been helpful for me. Yeah, yeah. but in like a situation like that, it's different. Calming you down from your spirals is very different than <laughs> like <laughs> processing trauma. Yeah, betrayal. <laughs> Harry made it back to Honeydukes and through the tunnel. He was pretty much out of it the whole time. He had so many questions. Like, why was this kept from him? Why did Black betray his parents? He got to his room, and first thing he looked for was the photo album that Hagrid had gifted him. He stopped on a picture of his parents' wedding day, and there he was. The best man. But he looked so different in the photo. Bright and full of joy. More questions came to Harry. Was he already working with you-know-who at this point? Which, I would have thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it was he at their wedding, in their wedding, and already betraying them pretty much. Yeah. Harry decided he had enough, and he got in bed pretending to be asleep when Ron entered. He was full of hatred. Poor guy. Oh. The next day, Harry stayed in his room as late as he could, and by the time he had gone down to the common room, everyone had left for the holidays. Ron and Hermione were there, and they noticed how unwell Harry looked. They told him they thought it would be a really bad idea to go after Black. He shared with them what he sees and hears when a Dementor gets too close. Because I think at this point, he hadn't told them, right? Yeah. That he hears his parents. He thought there was no way they could understand how it felt to hear their parents just before they were killed. Good point. So what are you saying? You want to kill Black or something? Ron asked Hermione. Or <laughs> Ron did not ask Hermione that. <laughs> Ron asked Harry, don't be silly. Harry doesn't want to kill anyone. Do you, Harry? Said do Hermione. you, Harry? Harry's like, but do I? It's a good question. Harry didn't answer. He didn't really know what he wanted to do. All he knew is that he couldn't bear the thought of Sirius Black being free. Poor dude. Yeah. And then Harry suddenly realizes that Malfoy knew about Sirius's connection with his parents. He references back to the potions class when Malfoy started saying things like he would want revenge if he were in his shoes. Harry assumed that Lucius must have told him, told Malfoy, since Lucius was in Voldemort's inner inner circle. And so the Malfoys would then in turn know that Black was working for Voldemort. And through (laughs) this processing, Ron whines that Harry is saying Voldemort. I know. And Harry just keeps on saying it. He just keeps saying it, I know. Yeah, he completely ignores everything Ron is saying in this conversation. (laughs) 
And Ron even says, it's like, oh, you're going to, like, listen to Malfoy instead of us? How insulting. And and again, Harry just ignores him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hermione, at this point, is very stressed, cuts in, begging Harry not to go after Black. The Malfoys would love it if he fell into Black's trap and got himself killed. Black was dangerous. And then Ron explains that all that they that was left of Peter Pettigrew was a finger. His dad told him that. Oh gosh. So that's all that they gave his mom was a finger. Oh. Mm. Hermione had tears in her eyes at this point, saying that Harry's parents wouldn't want him to get killed trying to avenge them. But Harry bites back. And he says he'll never know what his parents would want, all thanks to Black. And this kind of puts a dead stop to that conversation. Like, what do you say? Yeah. And so Ron tries to salvage the situation. (laughs) And it's just like, come on, it's the holidays. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like, let's go to Hagrid's. But then Hermione's like, no, he can't leave the castle. It's not safe. But Harry, the very stubborn, prideful man, or person he is he's not quite a man yet (laughs) (laughs) demanded to go he had to know why hagrid was keeping this had kept this from him yeah uh, harry was on his just like anger rampage right now yeah Mm -hmm. in his anger which is okay i mean pretty normal in this kind of situation but once at hagrid's harry unapologetically pounds on hagrid's door but when Hagrid opens it and greets them, his eyes are red and full of tears. You've heard, he shouts. The trio enter and they ask him what he's talking about, and Hagrid hands them an official-looking letter. Harry reads it out loud. Dear Mr. Hagrid, further to our inquiry into the attack by a hip into the attack by a hippogriff on a student in your class, we have accepted the assurances of Professor Dumbledore that you bear no responsibility for the regrettable incident. Well, that's okay, Hagrid, says Ron, clapping Hagrid on the shoulder. But Hagrid continued to sob and waved his hand, inviting Harry to read on. However, we must register our concern about the hippogriff in question. We have decided to uphold an official complaint of uphold the official complaint of Lucius Malfoy, and this matter will therefore be taken to the Committee of the Disposal of Dangerous Creatures. The hearing will take place on April 20th, and we ask you to present yourself and your hippogriff at the committee's offices in London on that date. In the meantime, the hippogriff should be kept tethered and isolated. Your fellowship, and then a list of all the governors. Mm. Not good news for Buckbeak. The trio tried to be hopeful, tried to be hopeful, saying that Hagrid had a shot at proving that Buckbeak was a good, safe creature. But Hagrid had lost all of his hope, pointing out that the ministry was in Lucius's pocket and they would definitely side with him. They already had it in for interesting creatures. And though no one would ever see eye to eye with Hagrid when it comes to categorizing interesting creatures... (laughs) The trio in this situation could agree that Buckbeak was innocent. They even mentioned talking talking to Dumbledore, but Hagrid did not want to add it to Dumbledore's plate. With all the Dementors being there, he just had a lot going on. And this brings up Harry's thoughts on his grievances with Hagrid, but he couldn't bring himself to bring it up. And they just continued to reassure Hagrid 
that he just needed a strong defense. Hermione launches into fix-it mode. Very kind of her strategy. Let's just find solutions. And says that Mm -hmm. she might remember a case that could help him and she will look into it. This only made Hagrid cry even more. But after some reassurance, they did. Hagrid's a mess. I know. Poor, he feels a lo- his emotions very strongly. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But they did get Hagrid to calm down enough just to kind of start talking a little bit. He says that he needs to pull himself together so that he can plan his classes. And they took that moment to assure him that they're enjoying the classes now. And Ron even asked how the flubberworms were. Um, but Hagrid just kind of tells them that they're dead <laughs> because they ate they too much lettuce. They fed them too much lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> he oh also God. mentions his down mood is also because the Dementors have been affecting him so much because he is closer to them where he lives. And he has mm. to walk past them every day. Yeah. And he explains... Oh, and so... He's saying that because he's around them, it reminds him of his di- his time in Azkaban last year. He explains how horrible it was there, that the Dementors took all hope from him, and it made him relive his worst memories. It got so bad that part of him just wished he would die in his sleep to escape it. Mm. Wow. But when he was released, it was as if he was born again, and all those feelings just melted away. This was why Hagrid couldn't just let buckbeak go free though he wants to um but he just couldn't risk the possibility of going back to azkaban and if they're are they really gonna send him to azkaban for setting the hippogriffy like that's a lot yeah i feel like like lucius malfoy would find some fault some Mm -hmm. reason yeah that's true but this trip to hagrid's did help harry take his mind off of his wanting of revenge against black and he, Ron, Herm- and Hermione focused on researching cases for Hagrid, which they were not finding much luck in. But soon enough, it was Christmas. Yay! Yay! Yay. <laughs> Harry was woken up by Ron throwing a pillow at, pillow at him, shouting presents, so the <laughs> usual. The boys went through their gifts, including the classic Mrs. Weasley's sweater. If Ron kind of, he always complains that he gets maroon. And sometimes I just want to slap Ron and be just like, be appreciative. (laughs) Or like, tell your mom, ask for a different color. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she listened to the corned beef. Yeah. Complaint. (laughs) She wants you to wear the sweater. So like, she'll try and make it to her. You'll want to wear it. Anyway, Harry picked up a long package and opened it up. And it was a... (gasps) Firebolt. <laughs> what? <laughs> you spelt it Frybolt. Oh. You did spell it Frybolt. <laughs> I thought that didn't get autocorrected. No squiggle. <laughs> no. Maybe they think it's a name. Yeah. <laughs> it was a firebolt. What? Harry's dream broom. The broom he had been admiring every day at Diagon Alley. Completely amazed, Ron rifled through the, the wrapping just to see who it was from, but they couldn't find anything. Who would spend mm. that much on Harry? Because we don't even know how much it is. We just know it's, like, super expensive. Yeah, it didn't even have a price. That's, like, scary expensive. Yeah. So they couldn't find the note, and while they were going through the theories on who sent it, in comes Hermione. 
She joins them with Crookshanks in her arms, and she completely <laughs> ignores Ron's protests and lays Crookshanks on an empty bed, asking him about asking Harry. What about is the wrong fireball. with Hermione? Like, what is her? Why does what she is her bring? Deal? Yeah, why does yeah. she bring him into their dormitory? Yeah, and I- it absolutely <laughs> disregards like everything that he's saying. For what I get, Ron can be annoying. I get it. But mm-hmm. also, you don't even respect your friend. Yeah, like, His I wishes. had this noted, and I said, Hermione should have respected Ron's wishes here. Oh, it is his go. door, <laughs> and he has every right to ask her to keep her cat out of his space, especially because yeah. this is not, this is his his pet space, too. <laughs> yeah, poor Scabbers is just, like, trying to, like, relax, and then yeah. this <laughs> outsider cat that so. wants to obviously kill him. I don't know. It, that was annoying. She, it, I can imagine her like I'm. I'm imagining the actress, you know, that plays yeah. Hermione, just coming in and just like rolling just, her like, eyes at him and just like whatever, just gonna let him like, and then she just keeps talking. She's <laughs> uh, like, no, Hermione, respect your friend's wishes. This is his space. It is not yours. Anyways, come on. So they go ahead and tell Hermione that they don't know who sent it. And her face kind of falls. She's like a little suspicious. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Ron (laughs) asks, what is wrong with her? And she explains that she finds it suspicious that Harry just gets sent such an expensive gift from a mystery sender. She's in the midst of warning them not to write it immediately when Crookshanks takes this opportunity (laughs) to attack Scabbers once again. Ron is furious and yells at Hermione to get him out while ripping Crookshanks off of himself. And then he even tries to kick Crookshanks, but in that process, he misses and hits Harry's trunk. And then this <laughs> dislodges the dang sneakoscope. And the sneakoscope is now going crazy. So it's just utter chaos. Yeah. Don't you oh hate it when you're God. mad at someone and you do something stupid in front of them and then yeah. it only makes you more mad? <laughs> I meant to kick the drunk. <laughs> I meant to hurt myself. Oh, Lord. Yeah. After the morning chaos, they congregated in the common room. Hermione had locked Crookshanks in her dorm, though she was very salty about Ron trying to kick him. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of get that. Like, don't kick a animal, but like, um, also. I'm salty. You almost ate my rat. <laughs> okay, but there's the a lot of fears. I here. think that she was trying to make herself feel better, or whatever, or or you know when someone's mad at you, and yeah. you know that they're right, yeah. but then you find something to be mad at them about. So now yeah. it's like, well, I'm mad at you now. I like, think that's what she was doing, trying to justify my feelings right here. Yeah. And at this point, Harry just stopped trying to get them to talk to each other. He was just over it, which I would be too. Yeah. And he just decided to admire his new firebolt, which Hermione seemed a little salty about too. She kept on giving it glances like it was up to something. Mm. They eventually made it to Christmas lunch without any other incidents. And they were just about to eat when in comes Trelawney. She made her way into the Great Hall, saying that the, her crystal ball told her to join them. <laughs> Dumbledore went ahead and made okay. a seat for her, but her eyes went wide. She dared not join. If she sat, there would that would make 13 people. 
stating that if 13 died together, the first two leaves would be the first to die. Done. That's intense. Scary. It is. Annoyed. (laughs) McGonagall just tells her that they're just going to go ahead and risk it. And Trelawney goes ahead and eventually sits down. And at this point, she does ask where Lupin was. And Dumbledore just tells her that once again, he is sick. Yo, what's going on there, man? I don't know. What's going on? How are you sick again? It's weird that you were sick once. So, like, it makes me not trust him. I feel like something is off. I don't know. I like him. I feel like he's a great professor. And he he does well with the students. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. Something's up. Something's up. So, do you think he's just... Maybe he's not sick and he's up to something? Or... Maybe he's like in... I don't know what I think. (laughs) What could possibly... So... Here's the thing, though. Dumbledore and Snape, which as much as I do not like Snape, he hasn't really ever done anything crazy other than being a terrible professor and terrible to his students. Um, They obviously are going along with this a whole like he's ill. He's ill. He's Mm. ill. So I don't know. I mean, if there's something that they're all in on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Why the men in the school? Why are they so suspicious? Yeah. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. (laughs) McGonagall takes this moment to poke at Trelawney, saying she should have known that he was sick already. And Trelawney Trelawney just replies that she has to at least act like she's not all-knowing. And McGonagall just quips back. That would explain a lot. Clearly, these ladies don't like each other. Yeah. (laughs) No. Very tense. I'm definitely team McGonagall here. Yeah, there's like some (laughs) passive, like... I love those little passive-aggressive conversations, and you're just like, okay. <laughs> I like to witness those. Really? Like in real life? I mean, if it happens, it's usually like <laughs> in a work environment, you know? True. That is true. At my old job, people would do notes to each other. The closing, the opening staff and the closing staff would oh. write notes to each other. <laughs> Be like, I couldn't do this, or this wasn't done. <laughs> you were just like, I'm yeah. just here. <laughs> Once full and satisfied, Ron and Harry and Ron leave the, leave the table first. Ooh. Trelawney shouts, asking, "Who got up first? And neither of them knew. And McGonagall just assures them curtly that they will be fine unless there's an axe murder waiting outside for the door for them. Harry asks Hermione if she is going to come with them, but she just tells the boys that she needed to talk to McGonagall. Oh, boy. The boys make their way to the common room to admire Harry's new broom. It's all that they can think about. Then McGonagall and Hermione walk in. McGonagall asks about the broom and verifies that they don't know who sent it. McGonagall informs them that she will need to take the broom to make sure that it doesn't have any jinxes. Madam Hooch and Professor Flitwick will strip it down and give it back to him once it's verified to be jinx-free. Mm. completely Mm. appalled harry just tries to tell her like no like it's fine he completely assures her that it's completely fine he does not want his firebolt taken away from him and ron's right there with him because ron's just a proxy of the situation (laughs) just like in proxy i want to ride this this broom yeah Mm -hmm. um but she protests and says the only way that they can know if there are actual jinxes on it 
like at this moment is if he flies it and they're not going to risk that. So they just need to test it. He will get it back. <laughs> like, Maybe. It's, it's not. Well, no, like she literally said, once it's jinx free, you will get it back. Oh. Like you can unjinx it, but you, you have to make sure it doesn't have jinxes on it. And then she, le- she leaves with the broom, leaving the trio alone in the common room. And Awkward. Ron Awkward. is just livid for Harry and himself and asks <laughs> Hermione, why would you go running to Professor McGonagall? How dare you? And Hermione, pink in the face, just stands up and defiantly replies that she, and along with Professor, Professor McGonagall, thinks that it could be from Sirius Black. Hmm. Wow. wow. Drama. I mean, do we think it's from Sirius Black? Do you think that Hermione and McGonagall are in the right to make sure that the broom is safe? I hmm. think A lot of questions. So. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think, think so. that um yeah I think that Hermione's just trying to look out for Harry yeah yeah she finds this it is suspicious annoying. like yeah. why wouldn't anyone leave any clue on who it's from yeah um and it's an insanely expensive broom yeah and, and something that them as boys would not even think to like they wouldn't think to deny it they wouldn't think it, like as they reacted immediately. They wanted to fly it. Mm-hmm. They would have flown it already if Hermione hadn't said not to. That's true. She was thinking smartly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were thinking like teenage boys who just want to have fun. You know? Yeah. And I think. Um, so. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say. So, yeah, I think that she did the best thing that she could do. Yeah. I feel like this, at least my section, showed that Hermione is actually really anxious about Sirius Black, like, everything mm-hmm. that she says is just like, no, Harry, like, this guy is after you. He is a nut job. He will kill you. Um, mm-hmm. and, like, this is something that's weighing on her. And you could tell because for the first thing she does is she processes it. How could this possibly be dangerous for Harry? Like, yeah. in every interaction that she's having. So I think she's just really anxious and she's doing the whole thing that comes with anxiety where you think of the worst scenario that could possibly happen and you kind of live through that scenario to make sure that that doesn't happen or prepare mm. yourself yes. to be able yeah. to yeah. get through that moment. Which, yeah. for real, I do all the time. It's the story of my life. <laughs> story of my life. <laughs> yeah. I, I would think that Harry in the long run would see where she was coming from yeah Mm -hmm. but i can see how they were just like come on why'd you have to go and open your big mouth and say yeah i can see why they'd be mad um because in most instances hermione is just being overprotective and it it's not as bad as she thinks so they just see this as too much yeah she's encroaching too much on their lives they're she's mothering too much Imagine being friend, like being like being in Hermione's shoes and having to deal with her, Ron and her and Harry <laughs> and their antics. Mm, yeah, no, no thanks. Oh my god. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's different from them as far as like how she thinks, you know, and how they react. Mm-hmm. 
Amanda says, there's a lot of depression slash anxiety symbolism throughout the books. Yeah. It definitely in this book, too, with yeah, the Dementors and yeah. then how everyone is just reacting to the Dementors and the fact that a mass serial killer is out loose. Mm-hmm. Like, Lather has said that the, the Dementors are a direct symbol for depression mm-hmm. in the book. So, like, when you hear about Hagrid's situation at um, Azkaban, you, it sounds like a very deep depressive episode where you're just like, you can't get yourself out of the darkness and you're at the point where you're just like, you're at the point where like, you just kind of want it over. Yeah. Yeah. Dark, dark stuff, guys. It's getting darker. Yeah. <laughs> On a lighter note, one question that I thought of, what candy would you want from Honeydukes? Okay. Ooh. Yeah, let me, not the cockroach clusters. Definitely not. Kurt would probably gift that to you, sissy. Some some chocolate. Don't give him ideas. <laughs> there is every flavor. Beans, fizzing Whisbees, sherbet balls, Drupal's best blowing gum, oh, the tooth flossing string mints, pepper imps, ice mice, peppermint cream shaped like toads. They hop realistically in your stomach. Oh, oh gosh. Um... Exploding bonbons. I'm not accepting any packages from you, David. He's saying that the bugs are on my way, t- on their way to me. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking chocolate frogs too, Amanda, when Priscilla said chocolate. Yeah, chocolate. I think I like the, the what was it, the Drubles with the... Uh, Drubles best blowing gum? Yeah, I feel like I would have liked that as a teenager a lot. Oh, yeah. And I like the jelly beans. I, I just love jelly beans. As an adult now, I like the thought of the flossing candy. I don't know if that <laughs> would make your teeth any better, though. But that's cool. Yeah, I think I would go with chocolate still. <laughs> the sh- the sherbet balls sounds good, though. Yeah, they're levitating sherbet balls. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah. Like, like after you eat them. You don't want it levitating oh, maybe you levitate? Mouth. Oh, that maybe would after make you more eat sense. them, you levitate. Oh, that yeah, cool. that could be it. Magical equipment for gummy bears would be good. Yeah. Oh mm. yes. So we met a lot of characters in the second chapter. Mm-hmm. We did. Madame Rose Murta, who is the owner of the three broomsticks. Yes. And with her entrance, we kind of find out. Sirius is Harry's godfather, but we don't really know too much about her. Is this the first? Yeah, yeah. this is the first time. Oh, yeah, because this is the first time Harry's at Hogsmeade. Yeah. yeah, so we met her for the first time. And while they were talking, I guess we met, I mean, I don't know if we met him, but Peter. Oh, yes. yeah. Peter this Pettigrew. was the first time they mentioned him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pettigrew. So Peter and Sirius Black were friends of Harry's dad. James. In high school. Or high school. Awkward. <laughs> I mean, it, Same thing. I guess kind of. It includes your high school years. <laughs> as well as like middle school. Yeah. And we were saying that Peter is kind of like maybe like the Neville of the group. I definitely got Neville by vibes for sure. Yeah. We met the map. <laughs> mm. Every time. Yes. Um, 
we've said the map, I think of Dora. On the map. On the map. On the map. Oh, yeah. I don't know that. It's from it's Dora from the Dora. Explorer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we had one of our friends. He was a little younger than me because I was a little too old for Dora. But he was just young oh, enough yeah. to where That's he would come how, yeah. to our house and watch Dora all the time. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Okay. Most valuable wizard. Hmm. Um. <laughs> maybe, maybe the gifter. The the anonymous gifter. Although Harry doesn't get to keep Do we his... know it's do we wanna do that though? We don't know I what don't he know. wants to do. I mean it's <gasps> cool that he, that, you know, Harry got a broom out of this. I Thank wanna you, give it to Hermione whoever. for looking out for Harry, but I'm also mad at Hermione. Right? Yeah. So it's hard to give it to her. It's like I'm I'm proud of Hermione for standing up to them because I feel like also with that dynamic with Ron and Harry, they're like so tight and Hermione's like she's still their best friend. It takes a lot. Yeah. It would take a lot to stand up to two of them. Yeah. To like two of them, especially when they're really close. Mm -hmm. Um, And like on the same, same page. Yeah. So like props to her, but also like, why'd you bring your cat in that room? Like, mm, listen to yeah. your friends. Just because yeah. you are smarter than everybody oh. else, you don't have to be. You you should still listen to them. Yep. I know who I'll give it to. I'll who? give it to the twins for giving the better <gasps> gift. The better gift. Yeah. <laughs> the how, how is it? The twins are my favorite, and I never give it to them <laughs> when I should Aww. be. <laughs> I'm mad at myself. I forgot. That's my, a good one. My section was so far away. I know. It's a long a lot ago. has happened. Well, your section has the most magical moment for me. The map. Oh, yeah. Sure. Mm. Yes. That's such a good moment. That's like my favorite moment, too. It's yeah. really cool. It's actually like my favorite moment in the in this movie, too. I really like that moment. Is it? Yeah. Did they do, did they do a good job with it? I think they do. I think it's cute. Nice. But yeah, that's my... I know we jumped to most magical moment, but... That was the one I think. Mm. Do you guys have anything else? I don't think. For a magical moment? Uh, I mean, I feel like Harry didn't get to experience Hogsmeade well. Mm. Like, he didn't get yeah. to, like, you know, I know. Get to the snowstorms. Yeah. There was, yeah, the blizzard, and then he got the worst news he could, or, yeah, the worst news he could ever receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like him experiencing, you know, a all muggle town. Not all muggle, all wizard town would be really cool <laughs> for the first time, but kind of, that kind of got messed up. Yeah. So, and then yeah. Christmas wasn't the same this year. There was yeah. only 13 people there. Yeah. And like there was that moment where they got the broom where just like, they're like, oh my God, how cool. And that kind of got dampened pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Understandably, but still. <laughs> So, yeah, I think the most magical would definitely be the the map. It's such a good the moment. Map. I'm sure Christmas morning was still nice. Well, I guess it got... Not really. Quickly ruined. Never mind. By multiple things. Never and mind. then Hermione and, and Ron stopped talking to each other. And then... I mean, the food was. I feel like nice. Ron and Hermione get into a lot of those moments. Yeah. This book, yeah. they don't like each other. <laughs> I think they're mad lot, at yeah. each other more than they... Um, get along 
Um, so you read on a little bit, right, Priscilla? I did. How far did you get? I'm not sure. I was, I know that. I just don't want to say anything. The broom is good. Okay. 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 So yeah, before they find out the broom is good, they're pretty mad at her. They are so mean. And we should wait for like the next (laughs) episode to talk about this. But this is the moment where I get really frustrated with <laughs> Ron. Yeah. But then I also read where I get frustrated with Hermione again. <laughs> so we'll talk about that next time. It's but yeah, word. you guys wrote a question in there and you didn't ask me. I did? What? I think oh. Lupin gave oh. it rare. <laughs> I thought we I had thought- talked about it and I thought I'd asked it. <laughs> Me too. I thought that too. My question was, who do you think gave Harry the broom? I think Lupin gave it to him, but then they made a good point that he's always running around with these robes that look old and dingy. Yeah. So why would he spend all that money on Harry? Does he have But I also... Yeah, exactly. But I feel like Lupin brought up his broom in a conversation with Harry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could be wrong. That's what I was going to say. So that's what made me think that he is the one that gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Hogwarts pays really well. Some, yeah. And also there are those people who just don't flaunt their finances or financial status, I guess. I was actually I, That's a little this. extreme. Yeah. But, well, I was talking about this with Kurt, but. how I went thrifting the other day and I found I was trying to find stuff for Kurt. I was just like, oh, maybe I can find like some some shirts or maybe some joggers or something for Kurt. And I was just like, they just had nothing good in the men's section. And Kurt goes, yeah, because men don't donate their clothes. They just wear them until they go ragged and then <laughs> throw them away. I'm like, good point. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Unless their partner donates for them. Yeah, exactly. Unless like their partner steps yeah. in and does it. But like if you just let a, a man just live, they'll just wear the same clothes forever until they <laughs> yeah. disintegrate. <laughs> yes. It's funny. Oh man. Lots of good stuff in yep. these chapters. Yes. I'm excited. excited. Priscilla. I am. I feel like we are uncovering a lot. And I'm interested to know more. I'm intrigued. It was weird because I was reading this book on my six days away. And yeah, there was a point where I said to myself, oh, I, I can't wait to finish that. Like in my mind, it was a movie, <laughs> but it was it was the book. I was like so immersed in the book oh, that yeah. my mind made like my mind made me think because I obviously this is one of the first books that I'm just like really immersed in and I'm like reading a whole mm-hmm. series. But my mind automatically was like, oh, I can't wait to finish that movie. And I'm like, no, I'm reading the book. Like, I'm reading the book. I'm not watching a movie. But it was like, I was like, oh, I can't wait to get to my hotel so I can finish that movie. That, like, yeah. It's the book. <laughs> it's That's a, book. a good sign. I like, yeah. I love that feeling. I love when I can't wait to, you know, finish a book. So it's on my, I've definitely been using my Kindle a lot. Mm-hmm. Because I used to bring the book with me, and now it's just that's not happening. No, no. Yeah, we're over halfway through Prisoner, people. Mm. Wow. How many chapters is in Prisoner? 22. 21. Mm. 
No, I'm 22. Two. Sorry. Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> I'm like, is your, is your um, UK book that different? Oh my god. Amanda read the sixth book in less than 48 hours. That what? was a roller coaster of 48 hours then. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> less than 48 hours? I feel like that's really fast. That's yeah. Intense. Well, yeah. I can't remember Half-Blood Prince for me, but I remember book seven, and I locked myself into my room, just sat on my bed, and just read and read and read Mm -hmm. as much as I could for as long as I could. Really? She only came out for a meal. It was in the summer. Yeah, Joni remembers it because she would, like, she would knock, and she would, like, try and open the door. Oh, she's still not ready. (laughs) It's so annoying when she did that because, like, during the summer, it's like when we would like hang out and do things and be like, I'm bored and you're reading the book that I want to read, so I'm not reading anything and you're just not doing anything. So I just watched you. Oh, so you, you were waiting for her to finish it so that you could read it? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even our book. No. Uh, that's right, because you guys couldn't have those books. Yeah, so mom wouldn't buy them for us. We didn't have money and the library, like, you were on like a really long wait list for those yeah at that time yeah wouldn't even have i don't even know if the library would have had it right away i don't know if they'd have it right i don't know how that works but i know when i was trying to sneak the books (laughs) there was one of them that i couldn't get my hands on so i tried asking the library and they're like oh yeah harry potter like they all have like a, a wait list you can go on the wait list and we'll tell you when but it'll be a while Makes sense. I could just sneak it. Yeah, I just stole it from your bookcase. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. So, I guess that brings us to the end of this episode, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes. It does. Exciting stuff happening. Exciting stuff. I um unlocked a lot. Yes. Achievement unlocks. Some today. swear I'm up to no good. And the Marauder's Mask. Mischief Manage. Yeah, the Marauder's Mask. Marauder. Mar- what? How do you say it? Marauders. Marauders. No. Why am I saying it? (laughs) Marauders. Yeah. Why am I trying to add an extra R in there? Marauders. Marauders. (laughs) Okay. As always, if you'd like to connect with us outside the podcast, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Unveiling the Magic and on Twitter at Unveiling Magic. And once again... If you'd like to hang out with us live as we record these episodes that you're listening to, Mm -hmm. please find us on Twitch at Unveiling the Magic Podcast on Twitch. It's lots of fun. Um, If you interact and chat, we do try to chat with you guys live. Also, definitely do that. If you guys would like to support us that way, we would appreciate that. And you can join our Discord as well. If you follow our links, we have a link tree. On our link Instagram. tree. Thank you so much. On our Instagram. And that's where all of our links are on. Um, so definitely check us out there. And thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. Until next time. Mischief managed. Bye. 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 You get it now. <laughs> I get yeah, mischief can. managed.
we were going to do uh, Team Rocket. Um, <laughs> nice. And Bella was going to be Meow. Not for me. I have one for Roxas and that's it. Roxas is going to be the 10th Doctor from Doctor Who. David Tennant. It's our favorite Doctor. Yeah. He also is in the fourth Harry Potter movie. Oh, okay. Bringing it back to Potter. I like it. Oh, side note. What is I that? have... <laughs> I can't see what that is. <laughs> The what? I forgot I had it up here. A bat sugar cookie. Where'd you go? That had Here's those. Teeter. Oh dang it! I was gonna say, is it Publix? Time to spill a tea. Oof. <laughs> Pun intended. There. Yes. Boy at Hogwarts. You'd go. You'd say, "Wow, can I talk?" Okay, <laughs> let's start this over. Hi, Jaylees. Hi, Jaylees. With the Bella emotes again. I have. I mean, not super often, but I have. I mean, you buy candy coins. You don't count. <laughs> I do. I haven't bought any this year yet. I love candy corn. You don't corn. like candy corn, Jay? No. I, I, I barely like candy. <laughs> I like sour candy. She likes the um, sour strip stuff. The extreme sour strips and the like mm. sour straws. You're like Phil. He loves sour stuff. 